Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. Today on the podcast, we have a great guest who has bravely come on despite, frankly, responding out of the blue to a message that we sent him because I found the organization very interesting. Bo Ghirardelli, co-founder and CEO of Sky's the Limit. That's skiesthelimit.org if you want to find them on the interwebs. Really quickly on Bo, since I did find him on LinkedIn, which is amazing, but this is quite a track record. After graduating with an MPA in nonprofit management from the University of Washington, was in the Peace Corps, love it, and he was a small business development consultant in Morocco. Wow. And then goes on to co-found two other organizations uh, in Morocco before, I guess in 2010, for 12 years now, uh, co-founding Sky's the Limit. So both, thanks for joining us. And maybe you can start with that. Um, why is there a limit at the sky? What is going on there? Can you tell us what the organization does? Sure. Yeah. A little, uh, we work with underrepresented young adult entrepreneurs to help them chase their business dreams. And uh, we combine uh, business mentoring, advising, and support and community uh, with uh, learning and training and access to a startup grant fund that we, that we build. And so those, those three things that the mentoring, training, and funding uh, are really produces some greater than their parts. And, uh, we've been, uh, as you mentioned, doing this for, for 12 years, but, uh, only six as a, as a technology organization. And, uh, we can get more into that, uh, that journey, uh, later on, maybe. Interesting. So maybe just to pull back, why, why this cause, why this way? Okay. Well, I probably started at the beginning in that in that sense. Then, uh, so I was born and raised in Oakland, California, uh, to a family full of uh, small business owners, and uh, the conversations at the table were uh, were about how to build businesses, how to solve uh, problems uh, for your customers, how to uh, think about and and develop uh, a business that's truly valuable to the community and and. Uh, and then, you know, concurrently out, out in society and school, you know, raised on this, uh, this myth of the American dream where America was touted as this land of equal opportunity. <clears throat> and I, I did not, uh, see that playing out in, in my friend group and my uh, community, as I saw, uh, vastly different outcomes for people based on arbitrary things like their their skin color and their gender and other uh, other opportunities that were there weren't really gave lie I think to in in many ways this uh, this idea of of the American dream and in equal opportunity for all and that really sparked a, a desire in me to figure out how I could kind of combine my love of entrepreneurship and love of entrepreneurs themselves uh with uh with the with the way of creating a more just and, and equitable world so the the uh, journey kind of led to to being a, a a middle school teacher um in south central la and uh, when i got the opportunity to teach a an, an elective course to in in middle school i asked my students what they wanted to learn and they said they wanted to learn about business and money 
and so uh, that was the first entrepreneurship course I taught and built was uh, was helping sixth graders understand, you know, what it's like to build a, build a business. And uh, students loved it. I loved it. And uh, and I went on in into the the Peace Corps and. During the Arab Spring, I joined the Peace Corps in order to kind of respond to this, this, uh, this crisis that was brewing in in North Africa in particular. It was really rooted in a lack of economic opportunity for uh, young adults of of working age. So, uh, roughly fifty percent of working age young adults at the time were unemployed. So, it's a massive unemployment rate, completely destabilizing uh, the the uh, the the countries and societies. And so while I was there, I uh, asked the young people in the community, you know, like about what, what, uh, what they needed. And they, they said, look, we have business ideas. I've got a business idea, but I don't know what to do with it. So we built a business training program really rooted in business planning. And they said, okay, now I got this plan. Uh, what do I do with that? Uh, and so we said, okay, let's go to the microfinance organizations and see if they'll lend any money. Uh, so we went to all the these uh, you know ostensibly nonprofit microfinance organizations. None of them would lend money to to the to the young entrepreneurs uh, I was I was working with, and uh, and so we said screw it, we'll build our own fund. Uh, so I, I flew back to the Bay Area, raised some money from uh, some some generous folks in the community, um, and we we created our own loan fund and uh, underwrote interest-free loans to, to the entrepreneurs. Uh, they got their businesses up and going and they said, okay, uh, now what? How do I keep this thing alive? How do I grow it? And that's where we, we tapped the, the community of business leaders uh, for, for mentors and uh, advisors, supporters uh, to, to wrap a community of support around the entrepreneurs. And so that's the, the, the birth of kind of our model of combining those three things, uh, that mentoring, training, and funding. And uh, and my Moroccan co-founder uh, took that that over, and I and I I went back home to Oakland because the same thing, uh, the same gap in the ecosystem exists in the United States and exists in my own hometown, and so I I felt a need to to respond to my own community at home, and sure enough, we we kind of proved that out, right? Uh, we we launched and quickly got uh, served hundreds of entrepreneurs. We had thousands applying from around the country, and this is for everywhere from the rural Georgia to Detroit to to the Bronx. Like people were applying from across the country, and it just showed that there was this this massive gap for earliest stage young entrepreneurs, people of color, women, low income entrepreneurs who had uh, all kinds of business ideas, everything from starting a clothing line uh, to uh, building a, a gourmet popcorn company to uh, launching a, launching a, a beauty line, so the uh, so I think that was the catalyst for for you know why we would uh, why we needed to transform what we were doing as a brick and mortar in in Oakland uh, to to figure out how to serve a, a national and eventually global community to meet this need. So that's a a long answer to your question, but uh, but that's that's kind of the the why and 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 what. Of, of our story. That's great. You know, that's what I love about podcasts too, because guess what? <laughs> we have the time. We have the time to talk about it. And the, the truth is, it, it matters quite a bit, the motivation and the process of how organizations are formed, how they have listened to the community and how they've responded over time. 
very impressive that you have now uh, served over 40,000, if I have that right, 40,000 underrepresented young entrepreneurs from 50 states and also a number of countries. And it seems like when you move from brick and mortar to digital, I'm seeing a sort of app look on your site. It looks like there is, in fact, a, an online portal uh, that you created. I wonder if that isn't that, that moment where you went from serving into the, the hundreds to the thousands. Maybe you can talk me through that shift and what led to it. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in 2015, when we had over 5,000 applicants to our, to our Oakland based program that at best could serve people in the Bay area, uh, we, you know, I, I, I went to one of my, my best friends and who was a tech founder. Uh, he was at the time working on a, on a, on a small startup called blockchain.com, which is now a very big startup. Uh, mm. and, uh, he, and I, I, you know, it's, he and I had spent many late nights in college kind of talking about what, uh, what our purpose was in life and, and what the, uh, you know, what was the meaning of all of this and, and what should we do about it? And, uh, he was a, a child entrepreneur in, in the same way I was different kinds of businesses, all technology based for him he, to building a web company as a, as a, you know, 14, 15 year old, uh, building websites for, for other businesses. Uh, and, uh, and and I said, hey, look, I know you're really busy with this other startup, but uh, what about helping us transform? Like, there's a clear demand here, and and I think the only way we can meet that demand is is through technology. And the reality is, is that our customer, our, our the entrepreneurs we serve, are the first generation of digitally native uh, entrepreneurs. So when we think about you know meeting customer needs, you know, our, our entrepreneurs want are going online. They're looking online for services and support. So uh, we took this uh, this this evidence to uh, a few people. We shopped shopped this around for a while. We we're very very fortunate to have a tremendous partner in in Accenture, uh, and Accenture's corporate citizenship group uh, understood this. They understood that uh, that just like how the for profit sector was going had had been undergoing decades of of digital transformation that the nonprofit sector was was also going to do this uh and and certainly george you you understand this well coming from a tech nonprofit uh that uh and and so they said look yes we get it um, we'll fund it um and they have and they have for you know 8 years now so they've really co-created this this platform with us and they did it in a really uh innovative partnership they they staffed a team of engineers designers product manager to the to sky's the limit to to help us you know build the platform that would power the the services and support and impact we were we were looking to achieve with our entrepreneurs now there's there's a second component to this and 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 this is why you know corporate funders are over 90% of our our funding is that the Fortune 500 has some of the best and brightest people working for them and they've the, you know the Fortune 500 can afford to pay the high salaries the good benefits uh, and the Fortune and 500 and, and the Fortune right to to really support these incredible people and and help them have great jobs and etc and uh, and so we recognize that the community element of what we're building at Sky's the Limit 
was actually the the harder side, right? We had a lot of entrepreneurs signing up. So we need to figure out this this other side of the community who was going to support the the entrepreneurs. And so the uh, not only did we get funding uh, talent from Accenture, we also got to we also got a channel to recruit. Uh, from there, you know, at the time, I think there were 500,000 employees at Accenture, and now it's mm. uh, closer to a million uh, than not. Uh, and uh, and just an incredible global workforce that uh, that was uh, that that has come to bear and engaged thousands of their employees as volunteers on the platform in support supporting entrepreneurs. Everything from a digital marketer in New York helping an entrepreneur launch their first Instagram ad campaign, so they don't waste a ton of money on the ads that aren't working, you know, everything from their, their internal legal department coming in and providing pro bono legal services, uh, to, to product developers, helping entrepreneurs, you know, hone and, and enhance the value proposition of their products. So there's a, there's a, there's so much we, we can do with, with folks inside the fortune 500. And then we continue to replicate that model now with, uh, PNC bank, our second largest funder. Goldman Sachs, uh, Wells Fargo, HP, and and some others who who've uh, come alongside and said, "Hey, we'll give, uh, we'll fund, and we will provide uh, uh, access to our employee base as volunteers uh, to 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 bring this the this community together online." So we can go into a little bit more about the platform, but that's kind of the genesis of that and of, of the transition to becoming a technology organization. Now half the team are on our product and engineering. It's so interesting because there are a lot of different paths that a nonprofit can take to funding. And clearly, you know, if, if the money isn't there, it's very hard to support your, your stakeholders. I'm curious, can you take me into the room of you pitching Accenture? Like how, because this has got to be on a lot of organizations' mind. You're like, oh yeah, all you do is like, Talk to Accenture, talk to PNC, get Goldman Sachs, throw Salesforce in the mix. So you just walk on the door, knock on and say, hey, money, please. Now, OK, <laughs> I talent treasure. Yes. So can you can you talk to me about how it looks like you landed that anchor partnership with Accenture? Yeah, I, I certainly did not get into this work to to fundraise, but they're now <laughs> no one told you that nonprofit actually are obsessed. With money because you have to get that right. Yeah, no, no. I it was sorry. It was it was like uh, it's it's one of those things. Like like look, the the mission and 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 the people we serve are 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 the end for me. And and money is certainly a means to achieving that end. So fundraising has has uh, increasingly been more and more part of my of my day to day. And 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 look the you know. Some of my favorite days were working one on one with our entrepreneurs in the earliest days, understanding, you know, their pain points and and what their the problems are trying to solve. But um, to I think unlock the kinds of resources we need to make a dent in the size of this issue, it it's going to take hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, and and that uh, and that is what it is, right? So uh, I, I I've I've had to learn how to do this. How do you do it? So, uh, what what the journey looked like for us is we tried a lot of things that didn't work. First and foremost, so failed a lot. Okay, so then, so once we figured out all the ways that this didn't like work, cold messaging, sending to HR at Accenture, the sure everything, <laughs> everything, right? But what we realized was like that uh, 
we had to find companies that had, so st- step one, find the, find companies that have a public statement around their corporate citizenship that or corporate social responsibility programs that aligns with your mission. If, if it doesn't, then it's going to be, it's going to be a hard, a hard road. There's so much internal negotiating and so much internal planning that went into stating these public goals for these companies. You, you gotta, you gotta align with the, I, I think you, all of this is just with my perception or my belief. Uh, so I think you got to align with those. Once you once you do that, you can uh, the the next step is much harder. It's it's uh, figuring out and navigating the decision making process for how a funder can uh, how 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 a corporate funder makes decisions around who they fund. Right, there are uh, two million, I think, over two million nonprofits in the United States. Uh, there are often many nonprofits doing similar work, and and every nonprofit is uh, you know is looking for and 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 hopefully trying to talk about their you know comp- their advantage right their their edge their why me mm-hmm. why this organization, and and I think that uh, that does matter. But what we realized was that in many corporations, y- you need to find somebody who cares and you need to find a champion, mm-hmm. and that champion. Uh, needs to be able to influence the decision making process for funding inside of a inside of a corporate, uh, and so that's uh, eventually we found what worked, and so we we started to recruit you know managing directors who would uh, uh, who could who could care about you know not only uh, not only cared because it's easy to care about our work right it's it's a it's a widely appealing mission and uh, but caring. Uh, going from caring to acting was was a journey, and I think ultimately we just find people that we have meaningful relationships with. Uh, you know, we genuinely care about them, and they genuinely care about us. And then we 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 also need to then uh, after we have that kind of base relationship, we need to deliver results. Uh, and and that set and that that's you know a third piece here is like how can you deliver results. Uh, to the to to a corporate who has a stated goal of what they're trying to achieve, I mean, how can you do that? And so, uh, technology, at least for us, our you know our part of, big part of our story was like, look, this is a big need. There's big numbers involved, and uh, and 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 even you know we just we just hit our fifty thousandth sign up uh, uh, last month, and so it's just, congrats. Got to update all those numbers now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and we, and we have to figure out, you know, to me, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It is, it is just the tip of the iceberg. And we have to, you know, continuously create value for entrepreneurs, for the volunteers we serve, and then a third customer group, which is the partner, right? And so we treat, you know, we, we, we treat those partners as, as a customer group and we have, we feel accountable to delivering results against their funding, you know, why they funded us. Right, and it's and it's for the impact. It's it's for the mission, and and often it involves a, an element of scale uh, to to what they're looking for, and uh, and all of those are important. And understanding each funder is you know different, each corporate is different. All of those uh, corporate social responsibility goals are often are all tailored exactly to to uh, to the corporate, right? And how they measure success is different. It's one of the 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 vast complexities of the nonprofit sector, right? Is is you know what success looks like and what impact? How do you measure it? On the financial side, all of these companies use GAAP, right? There's a there's a 
a very clear set of ways for accounting for the financial performance of a Fortune 500 company. Uh, and they all got a gap is general accounting principles. Is that right? Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. Thanks for spelling that out. So it's, it is, it is a, it's a, it's a, a formal process for accounting for financials. So you can compare the financials of one Fortune 500 company to another. Right. But how do you compare the, you know, impact of one nonprofit to another? Uh, is is often uh, very difficult because there is no standardized process. And we're talking about people's lives and we're talking about multifaceted uh, issues on on impact. So ultimately, to bring this full circle, you have to you have to be able to position your work properly for uh, in, in the ways in which these corporate funders measure uh, impact. And and that's uh so that's that's a, a final piece of it, but really finding that that champion and uh, showing how you're better, uh, better, or different, uh, and uh, and then delivering results uh, and maintaining and valuing uh, the needs of that partner over over many years is how we've I think retained some of our our, our corporate funders for for a, a long time. So to roughly summarize, it sounds like you start with this alignment list, this list of potential organizations that you have vetted and checked with regard to their vision, their CSR, corporate social responsibility programs, then take a step back and potentially identify champions and have an advantage just to reverse engineer this, it seems, where you have a backyard full of potential volunteers that may already work at these organizations or can be recruited to become volunteers to see it first in which can be pretty powerful. There's no substitute for putting in the time. Once you have that, develop them into a champion, and then you expand within with this sort of bigger vision. I mean, clearly the name is sky's the limit, but you are bringing numbers. You're bringing opportunity for impact that is at a scale that, frankly, companies that deal in the billions understand. And it just lets you, it seems, level up and align with these organizations. Yeah, I think I think and and so to to speak about specific value propositions for for corporate uh, funders. So one is employee engagement, right? So one of the top concerns, particularly now in this uh, in this uh, really tight labor market, is 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 retention and and attracting uh, new new hires uh, to to companies. So. And then with the murder of George Floyd, you had a, a, a social awakening that demanded uh, the companies, the employees who worked at these at, at big companies are demanding a response and, and, and more than just lip service to the, to the issues. And I think that the, one of the ways in which we've, uh, we've seen some corporate partners, for example, PNC Bank made a massive, massive uh Racial and economic opportunity investment uh, to in in uh, low income and black communities across the across the country, uh, and they were and they and, and and as part of that commitment, their people are able to volunteer on Sky's the Limit with uh, the entrepreneurs we serve. You know, sixty one percent of the entrepreneurs we serve are black entrepreneurs. Again, most of our entrepreneurs are, are between the ages of eighteen and thirty. Right, so the working with young adult, first time, early stage entrepreneurs, eighty percent are pre revenue. Right, so and this is a, a part of you know part of our 
pitch to to corporates and part of the reason why we've had so many people sign up is because that is a true gap in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, even for nonprofits. Many nonprofits in the entrepreneurship ecosystem serve entrepreneurs who are more established, right? So they, they especially if you're a, a lender or a CDFI, a, a microfinance organization in, in the entrepreneurship space, and you're a nonprofit, you're still looking for an entrepreneur who's, who's had one or two years of uh, a business operations. Mm -hmm. But there's a, there's a massive gap for the earliest stage entrepreneurs in, who, who don't have friends and family with money and who don't have savings, right? We know over half of America only has $700 in savings. You know, uh, the, the, uh, so, you know, we, we call our, our fund, our grant fund, the friends and family fund to recognize this, this gap that exists, uh, for, for founders who don't have friends and family with money, because that's how privileged entrepreneurs get their first money. Uh, they get it from friends and family. Uh, and, and, and if, and if the business doesn't work out, uh, their friends and family aren't taking them to, to court and suing them. They're not, they're just saying, okay, we're, we're going to let it go. Yeah. So the wire and that's what happened. Yeah. Right. So, so all of this ties into the, this kind of the, the, why, why does your work matter? Why is, and why are you filling a need that others aren't? And what, what are you doing about it? That's more efficient, better, faster, cheaper. All of those value propositions matter for, for, for corporates. And particularly we, the employee engagement angle is, is an aspect is an important part of, of why corporates partner with us. Gotcha. Now that you have passed 50,000, it sounds like signups and entrepreneurs, I, I have to say that the resources are pretty broad and impressive. You know, you have on the site, accounting, building a team, business planning, legal, leadership, funding, operations, like it just goes on and on for the really like how we go from zero to one for these entrepreneurs. Can you tell me, moving back to the, the tech you built, how the the app and maybe even the website gets that entrepreneur from zero to one. And I think a very tricky part, how you create the right connections between mentors and these entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. And we are, we're still, you know, even, you know, five years into building the, the platform, we're still, uh, we're still iterating, right? Like we have, we can always be better in my opinion. And, uh, we're still trying to solve what is fundamentally a, a, a matchmaking problem, right? As you pointed out. So the entrepreneurs and volunteers create profiles on the, on the platform, right? And we asked a lot of things about you, uh, about what you're looking for. And then we use that data uh, to recommend matches uh, for you. But we also recognize that uh, many people, you know, we take a lot of inspiration from dating apps. The, the major difference from, uh, for us is, of course, these are platonic relationships, professional relationships. Uh, and, and, and on a dating app, you don't really need to explain what, what dating is right, to people. People come in with a clear preconception around, uh, around dating and finding a partner, et cetera. And, and maybe people have different preferences except, uh, within that, that ecosystem. But when you're talking about mentoring, uh, it, is a, it is a, you know, you ask 10 people what mentoring means and you'll get 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and really what, 
the kinds of interactions that we're facilitating between entrepreneurs and and supporters more broadly, it, it it's you know it's between between entrepreneurs as peers, uh, between people who who may be a, a, an accountant really good at accounting but not interested or or able to support in any other area, or you got you know small business owners or, or general entrepreneurs who who've been on the whole journey and, and kind of understand this. Then you got people who have an hour and you got people who are looking for, uh, you know, a long-term relationship. Uh, and so people are looking for, you know, shorter term engagements, both on the entrepreneur side and the supporter side. So there's a, so there's just really a, a, a ton of nuance and a ton of, of, of different types of engagements, you know, everything from a pro bono offering. So if that accountant, you know, maybe they'll help you set up your, their, your QuickBooks for your business, nice. you know? But maybe they also are just want to give you some general pointers around around uh, around accounting and and how to how to think about managing your money, how to track your money. But and you're not formally structuring, saying like, "Hey, if you talk to this person about accounting." You have to go jump into their you know QuickBooks and be like, go exactly. grind this out or so, build their website for them. Yeah, one of our principles is that we want to mimic the way humans develop relationships in the real world through the through the platform. So there isn't a lot of like constraints or or rules or you know if I you know I met you George through LinkedIn great cool um you know we we hashed out what it was you know why why are we talking you know what what is it about this there are no no rules about what kind of messages you can and can't send sure there's common decency and we certainly have policies around uh, building a healthy community but beyond that it's not to say that you know, if I'm in, if I'm an accountant that I am, uh, you know, or if I'm an entrepreneur looking for accounting support, do I even want to set up QuickBooks? You know, I, you know, yeah. what do I want? You know, and so matchmaking between the, the the nuance and what happens if you're as a first time entrepreneur, you uh, there's all these things that you're constantly learning about what you need, and your priorities are constantly shift, shifting as you figure out. Uh, what it is. It's a very messy process building a business, right? And there's a, there's a, uh, 99% of our founders are solo. So what are you doing when you're, when you're, when you're on your own, you have to do it all, you're all yourself. So again, the community aspect becomes really important, but the matchmaking problem is a really difficult one to solve. And that's what we've been really working on is helping people uh, meet each other where they're at and supporting them in uh, in building meaningful relationships, whatever that means for uh, an entrepreneur or supporter at any given time. And is it all one to one or is it one to many? Yeah, it's it's primarily one to one. Wow. So, you know, so so entre- well, each re- each relationship is is treated you know on an individual basis. So if I'm an entrepreneur platform, I can have I, I can reach out and build a, an entire advisory board. I can have you know ten different people. Uh, you know, doing that. So, so in that sense, it's one to many. Uh, and a volunteer can can match with multiple entrepreneurs across many different areas. And am I actually swiping right and swiping left on people, or have you sort of like dialed back the dating to that point? <laughs> not, not yet. That's certainly on our minds. Uh, but gosh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the question is, is like, how do we help you find uh, what you're looking for in the community? Um, at any given moment, because it's changing rapidly, particularly for the entrepreneur about what their needs are. And uh, how do we help you do that in a way that's uh, engaging, gamified, et cetera? So, you know, what we've done is 
Uh, we built a gamification system into the platform so that the entrepreneurs and supporters who are creating the most value in the community as measured by, you know, spending time together, achieving uh, measurable results for, for, for the entrepreneurs and their businesses, uh, which we call milestones. So achieving a business milestone, everything from, uh, you know, naming your business to getting your first business bank account, up the, all the way to, to getting your first customer, raising money, hiring employees. All of these are common business milestones. Uh, so we track those in the platform and the community members who are, who are creating the most value are getting the most points. And those points aren't just for show. They actually govern our, our grant program. So entrepreneurs can create pitches on the platform and then the community votes on, on who wins those pitches. So your points are your votes. And so that's a way for us to. Oh. Yeah. So the, the, the interaction, the points aren't just there for smiles and dialogue. Like it's there for actual, uh, you know, cachet in the community. That's right. Yeah. And, and you vote for yourself or only for other people? Well, sure. You can vote for your, I mean, your points go to your vo your votes if you have a funding pitch, but you can also use them on other people if you'd like. Uh, you know, if you're a volunteer, you don't have a, a funding pitch. So you're, you're, you're voting. If you're an entrepreneur, maybe you you uh, are ready for funding yet, or you haven't yeah. created a pitch. So sure, you can use yours however you like. The you know, but the but the point is, is that you know this governs hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've given away uh, through community voting. So uh, it's real money on the line, and uh, and we're always working to increase the size of that that fund. And we've got a couple of, and I assume you don't take any. So it's not like a Y combinator where you're like, all right, we get ten points of your company going forward. It's just no equity. It's a pure grant. Uh, it is not repayable. Uh, it is as free money as it gets. Uh, yep. So, and we're working on a couple of experiments around this. Uh, mm. The, you know, blockchain technology is uh, a really interesting uh, potential use case here because essentially what we're, what we're, what we're building is, is a, is a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that is governed by a, you know, a token. And in, in this case, it's, it's on our platform, but we're, we are in the process of, of uh, building a, a pilot uh, DAO that will, you know, potentially transform our community uh, to, to be able to be governed by a, a, an actual blockchain-based token that is immutable and, uh, and, and will have real control over the disbursement of, of these funds. And it will all be on chain and, uh, and auditable and verifiable, uh, and, and really empower the community to feel a sense of deep ownership over, over sky's the limit. And eventually we have, uh, plans in the future to turn over the entire sky's the limit organization to the DAO, everything from governing what features get built to uh, who, the staff, the everything, and uh, certainly the governance of the fund itself uh, and and where those funds go. But uh, I think that's a long ways off still, but it's uh, certainly- yeah, sky, sky coin to the moon. Yeah, right. Certainly something that we're, uh, we've been uh, thinking about and already testing uh, without blockchain technology right now. But- uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, the community is at the heart of Sky's the Limit. So, uh, and, and we believe that uh, the people closest to the problems uh, that they're trying to solve are the best suited to solve those problems. And so we really do want uh, our community to can take an ever, ever greater voice in, in what we do and, and how we serve. Two-sided marketplaces are 
absolutely the scariest, the hardest, the most difficult to get going as a flywheel. Right now, I'm curious, do you need more entrepreneurs or do you need more volunteers? I need you, George. I need, oh, I need somebody who gets that, <laughs> that problem. Uh, it, it absolutely is a big one. Well, we have, uh, we, we manage a bit of the, the kind of the two-sided uh, demand dynamics here. We often, we have many more entrepreneurs signing up than we do volunteers, but that we do offer peer matching. And so uh, that is a, a one way in which we think about kind of balancing out the uh, uh, demand from the community for, for meetings, for support. We're also working on other ways to engage beyond just uh, just meeting. We're building, we're thinking about and and, and designing right now some asynchronous opportunities for for supporting an entrepreneur or everything you think about get, getting feedback on your business plan from the community would could be really helpful and valuable uh and get it get in in writing so you don't have to you know wait and book a meeting but using that as a uh uh one of one of the problems we've we've noticed is that um you know maybe if you're if you're joining a dating app you're looking for dates you're ready to go on the date when you you know, when you join, so it's not going to hold you back from messaging people. But we found that so many people uh, uh, need to understand what the you know they need to go on their own journey to to saying, okay, I'm ready to talk about something. Yeah, you know, it's about the vetting and the prepping. You don't want to have somebody who's like, I don't know what a you know what is a business, and you're like, well, maybe you're not ready for a mentor yet. Well, maybe or maybe you are, and maybe the question that this is comes back to the matchmaking problem. I mean. I, yeah. You know, how do you get how do you get the right person at the right time in your journey as an entrepreneur? And same thing on the volunteer side, right? Because uh, you know it's it, there's a lot of you know imposter syndrome from volunteers. It, 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 it's it's uh, never. I still I want to be very clear. I don't know what I am doing. <laughs> right. I have no idea. Right. No and that time. That's the thing, right? And like that, if if only more people just just were like okay with that, then we're all kind of making this up as we go along. And and if that was a uh, more broadly, uh, you know, met uh, that was a more broadly known message, we'd have I think a much a much more open and and uh, ready to jump in kind of mentality between with with communities. So doing this this digital community piece is 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 a tough problem to solve, but the but the reward when we crack the crack the code on this is is tremendous. I mean it's uh imagine unlocking the social capital, the talents of of the Fortune 500 and beyond and 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 really and and unlocking the talents of all these entrepreneurs who are starting businesses across the country, across the world, who are aren't getting the support they ha- they need from their own community or from uh, or or online, and we can uh, you know truly I think create a, a valuable experience for both entrepreneurs and supporters uh, that that could change the world. Spinning up a bunch of economic engines from the people that you know potentially need the most are in the communities that are you know, have the greatest opportunity, I'd say, to, to benefit from creating actual companies. You know, it's not you know, the idea of a handout. It's this idea of training as a, a great opportunity. And the exciting part about this type of model, and I'm wondering if this is actually bearing to be true, is that after, I imagine, over a decade of work, uh, do you find that there are people that came in as entrepreneurs coming back as, as mentors? 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We 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 see that all the time. And then and part of the peer matching is, you know, hey, I'm an entrepreneur uh with the same kind of problems you're you're trying to solve, and neither of us have a solution, but let's figure it out together. That's that's a, a, an absolutely can be an absolutely powerful uh uh relationship. It, or it could be an entrepreneur who's like, hey, I I joined Sky's Limit with just an idea and now I've got, you know, a couple hundred grand in revenue and a, and a team and and uh, you know, working on product market fit and found it uh to some degree and now I can come back and and uh or not come back, I never left. I'm just uh, can I help and share some ideas along the way? Absolutely. So that's the the uh the reality is is that our 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 system is broken right now right and so i i I think it's a it's a it's a tough thing to try to uh build a new system because what we're doing is too incremental like we have the same problems and some of the problems are getting worse in our society from a socioeconomic equity lens and in and so we need something that is uh that is going to transform uh the 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 reality around where opportunity uh exists because the talent is is certainly everywhere and i think the the way in which we do that is by reducing the friction uh from people who care to and and from reducing the friction for entrepreneurs to get support and uh, to get community to get uh to have a thought partner and it doesn't have to be a a, a fortune 500 volunteer it doesn't have to be a, another small business owner who's you know been there done that it can be another you know 24 year old who's you know in the same place as you and and you can work with them in in building your business together yeah to even find co-founders. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunity once you get everybody in the room. Absolutely. But I'm going to pin you down. Tomorrow, if 10 new volunteers or entrepreneurs showed up, which would be the one you would say you needed more? 10 new volunteers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe this is a good transition into our rapid fire. I'm pinning you down. Please keep your responses to about 30 seconds, but you know, respond as needed. And... If you're ready, here we go. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? Uh, we just started using Sentry for error log monitoring uh, on the on the platform. What are some tech issues you're currently battling with? Uh, we are currently battling with wrapping up our web app and deploying it to the iOS and Android store. Uh, what is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? I think a, a a big overhaul of our of our user experience design is is uh, is what I'm most excited for, and then the and 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 having that be the 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 impetus for the launch of our iOS and Android app uh, in in 2023. Can you talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things today? Oof, there's too many to choose from. <laughs> uh, doing too much. Right. Startups often die from indigestion instead of starvation. That's not always true financially, but it can be from like an ops standpoint. Like, where do you spend your time as, as an entrepreneur in the earliest days? And how do you, uh, how do you balance it all? Because it's, it's, it's too much. And so, you know, brutally prioritizing is, uh, is a skill that is, uh, 
you know, that I've, I've learned the hard way of how, how important it is. You believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business. Yeah. And I think they should aspire to. I wish that we had more going out of business though. Uh, because I, I, we don't see a lot of nonprofits, you know, fully, uh, achieving these kind of persistent societal, uh, problems that, that they're what we're working to solve. Fair to put you in the hot tub time machine, send you back to the founding of Sky's Limit. What advice would you give yourself? Just focus, focus on people of uh, finding people who, who care about the mission and care about the work and, uh, and, and, you know, don't, don't let the people, uh, who don't get you down. What is something that you think your organization should stop doing? Hmm. A lot of things. <laughs> this is back to my earlier point around, uh, you know, indigestion, uh, killing startups. I think, I think we, we have got to, to stay focused on the matchmaking problem that we're trying to solve between community members. And, and I think that, and that isn't, uh, trying to solve that, uh, needs to be deprioritized. I were to give you a magic wand to wave across the social impact sector, what would it do? Oh man. I think that I would, uh, I, I would just find a way to to build trust more between between the entire sector uh, if i could wave a magic wand trust building is is difficult and it's hard and uh we face it in try in our community right uh, trying to build trust between members of our community but when there is that trust it's uh tremendous things can happen and um uh, and i think that uh I would certainly uh, wave my wand over the the kind of philanthropic funder place and say, you know, examine what what you're doing as a funder to encourage or or not trust in the nonprofit sector. What advice would you give college grads currently looking to enter the social impact sector? Focus on creating value for for who you're who you're serving. I think. Uh, Richard, Richard Branson has a quote that it's like, you see something along the lines of like the, the only mission worth pursuing in business is, is creating value for, for people and or in people's lives. I don't think that's any different of, of, of the mission for the social sector, right? Like it is ultimately rooted in creating value for the, the, the people you're serving. And I would make sure that you're Staying anchored to that, measuring that, uh, and uh, and listening to the the people you're serving. What advice did your parents give you that you either followed or didn't follow? One of the big business lessons at the table is don't don't spend more than you have. Uh, and it's and it's, I know it sounds so simple, but man, uh, how many businesses have gone out uh, spending more than they have? Uh, and and same thing for you know, nonprofits. All right. Final hardball here. How do people find you? How do people help you? Uh, well, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, we're here for you. You can sign up on skyslimit.org. Everything's free. If you're a professional or a business owner and, uh, and you care about this work, and uh, then you can either both and uh, sign up as a volunteer on skyslibit.org and you can fund us. 
uh, and you can and do both of those from our website uh, at skyslimit.org. So thank you for your work. I love what you're building. I love that you have a bigger vision of what's possible and we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, George. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 